listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello and welcome back to Phenomenology Club's official podcast series, Talk About It. I see someone in the chat has just said, I haven't caught a live stream in a while. How excited. Well, glad you're here because I have an announcement to make. The announcement is that I think moving forward, I am taking a hiatus from these live streams in the public anywhere, anyway. So for those of you who listen on Spotify or just subscribe to the YouTube, I think what I will be doing instead Don't quote me on this because indecision is my middle name, though I'm trying to change that. But um, I think what I will be doing instead is making all of these uploads for the time being behind the Patreon paywall. And the Patreon paywall is only $1. And the reason that I'm doing this, my brothers, my sisters, is not because I care about money. Fuck money. Burn your fucking money. Um, the reason I'm doing this is simply because I don't particularly feel these past few months that I have much of value to offer in the form of this anyway. I always feel as if I have something valuable to offer, of course. Um, but I, uh, what am I saying? But I don't, I don't want to present this to the public. I'm somebody that does actually believe very much that Content should be free, especially in the form of education and art. I don't care what you motherfuckers say. I think art should be free. Artists should not be a paid position, but I don't think any position should be paid. Education should not be a paid position either. Don't care. As soon as you introduce money or financial incentives, the quality of everything becomes corrupt. And this is part of why we're where we're at, right? Look around you. Everything (laughs) sucks. The quality of art of film, of music, of food even. I can't even get good fucking food anymore because of all the financial incentivization. Everything is trash because of money. So fuck money. It's not about money. That being said, if you're a big fan of the podcast, don't have a Patreon or a credit card or PayPal, however they do it, to access Patreon, but still would like to keep up with the content, um, shit, how will you contact me? I guess leave a comment on here. I don't know. Find a way to contact me. Actually, you know what? Go on to the Twitter or leave a comment here. uh, Either one of those places. um, And let me know that you want to access the Discord. I will get you in there. As I don't want anybody to be left out if they don't have the single dollar a month. 
Um, and, you know, maybe I'll make a few public content things. Uh, especially if there's like a fun hot topic or something. But um, I don't particularly feel as if I want to have the responsibility of going live once a week with some sort of topic. And doing this, I don't like the pressure of having to be coherent. What I would also like to do is to focus on the uh, narrative series, Phenomenology Club, because those of you who have been with us since the beginning of the project know, <laughs> only you know, that Phenomenology Club is actually supposed to be a narrative video series. And I do intend on finishing it. I've written out every episode. I have six episodes written. But now I need to sit down and actually film them. Get all the animations done. It's a lot of work. But I need to be doing it. Maybe this podcast has been a bit of a procrastination effort. I need to be focused on the narrative series. Because I very much wish to create it. So I'm going to get back to work on that. I also want to get back to work on our book club, which meets in our Discord. We haven't met since we've read Who Searle. Uh, Heidegger will be next. I need to do that. I need to curate some more readings for our American politics series. I haven't even updated the website since we started doing that. We had three discussions, which you can listen to on the YouTube page. They went for hours and hours, but I would like to continue doing that. There's just so much I'd like to continue doing. And this is probably one of the least of them. Not that I don't enjoy this, but I think what we'll do instead is go on Patreon. We can meet up there. You'll get a link to there. And we can talk about whatever. And that would be nice because, you know, people can ask me things. Maybe, I don't know, we can all talk together like we do in the Discord. I'm just ranting. I'm ranting and raving. I will have a discussion today. I'm just trying to get all these announcements out. Uh, the other announcement that I wanted to make is that I haven't had a cigarette in two weeks. Who the fuck am I? I think that this is part of why, uh, I don't want to do the podcast. My identity is shifting, ladies and gentlemen. For real. Like, I, speed and cigarettes were probably (laughs) two of the most important things to me. And they are now absent from my life like I I genuinely feel as if my identity is changing you know a lot of people identify as their gender their race their whatever my identity was speed and cigarettes and without these things I don't know what to do and I feel as if I'm trying to fill a void I'm reading about supplements on fucking PubMed and shit and ordering random ass supplements (laughs) I'm like Joe Rogan I'm turning into Joe Rogan Somebody help me, please help me. I just smoked herbs. I smoked herbs. Who am I? What am I? What's happening to me? I smoked some bullshit. It came with like a little pamphlet like make sure you like <laughs> make sure you like um get into a space where your chakras can be opened or some bullshit. I don't know. I threw it out, of course, but I needed to sit with something that I could smoke, something combustible because I'm not doing this vape shit fuck that i basically what happened was i wasn't even planning on quitting cigarettes but you know covid is still out here and i was reading all of these uh studies about the mortality rates and i think it's that people who smoke cigarettes are 20 percent more likely to die 
if they contract COVID and I know the second wave is coming, especially for those of us who live in states where it gets colder. I live in New York, so winter is coming. I'm sure a second wave of COVID will come. And it's like, bro, I don't want to fucking die if I contract COVID just because I must smoke cigarettes. So that was the number one impetus. And then actually, you know, I'm someone who rolls my own cigarettes. I put some clementine peel into one of these bags to hydrate it. And I took the peel out like a week later and I noticed that there was white mold growing on the clementine peel. And I am somebody who is so scared of bacteria, especially since I have no working knowledge of natural science. I was like, bro, COVID's out here. I'm already thinking about dying from COVID. I can't be smoking no fucking spores. Is bacteria going to grow on the inside of my lungs or some shit? I'm not fucking around with this. So I just threw out the entire bag of tobacco. I wasn't even planning on quitting. And I was like, you know what? I should just fucking quit. So I just threw it out two weeks ago. My moldy tobacco. Struggled for a few days. Now I'm smoking fucking herbs like Joe Rogan. Opening my chakras. Taking supplements. Working out. No speed, no cigarettes, and I'm I'm embarrassed. Who am I? I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> I got white strips. <laughs> I, I'm just like trying. To, I'm just like trying to fill a void or something. <laughs> I don't know, but hey, I'm trying to. Um, I do. I have to say, I do feel physically healthier i really do ever since i'm not taking speed i'm t more tired but like even smoking these herbs i got it was like i bought it from this company called bear blend they make like you should look them up it actually it smells good it smokes nice it's like smoking incense it's like smoking tea leaves but they're nice you know they it actually like smokes um it looks like weed um, kind of when it's all ground up which it is when they send it to you it's like mugwort damiana lavender all mixed together i don't know i bought some bullshit from them the ones that aren't sleepy because they have a bunch of sleepy ones and not doing speed and not doing not smoking cigarettes for a bit i was smoking these herbs <laughs> And I legit felt like kind of high yesterday. I smoked I smoked it for the first time. I felt kind of high. It almost felt like the start of a mushroom trip. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, I'm still so skeptical of like any sort of holistic approach to health and wellness. Not any. I shouldn't say that. But I'm skeptical of the attitudes a lot of these uh, holistic health people kind of have, especially because we live in the United States of America, where there's all these like white liberal hippie yuppies that are just like, you know, like fucking like upper middle class, like selling fucking vagina juice and like smoking baby placenta from India, whatever the hell, like fuck all these people. Of course, I'm going to be skeptical of it all of this shit but I realized that I think part of my skepticism of holistic type approaches to things is also rooted in the fact that for years I was just putting so many toxins and chemicals into my body up until very recently and who knows maybe I will again one day because I love chemicals and toxins but 
I think, of course, I adopted a kind of skeptical attitude about a lot of holistic, quote unquote, things, because when you're so loaded up with chemicals and toxins, of course, you're not going to feel the effects of fucking lavender smoke. You know what I'm saying? I had so many other effects of things going on in my mind that whenever I and my body that, of course, like some smoking some fucking leaf of some obscure plant I've never heard of will have no noticeable effect. The fact that now I am relatively detoxed, I think, from nicotine, even caffeine I've been having less of, and speed. Now the fact that I can, like, feel fucking lavender smoke or whatever the fuck it is, it's like, oh, shit. Your body is really, really responsive, you know? I've been abusing it probably my whole life since high school, Anyway, and like, I, uh, well, maybe my whole life, really. And really, now I'm like, wow, like, I, it only takes a few months of not loading you up with toxins and chemicals and whatever for you to, like, feel something that a few months ago you probably would have sworn has absolutely no noticeable effect. So I find that very, very interesting. Um, but it is, it's jarring. It's jarring to go from having, a <laughs> being a speed addict and a, a chain smoker, both of these things for many years, and now just kind of being nothing. But you know what? To any of you who uh, are thinking about quitting whatever, really, it's all because of quarantine. Like, now is the time, family. If you're thinking about quitting something, you know you're going to have to. You're just putting it off. You know, you kind of want to honestly just do it. Now is the fucking time when people are still pent up inside, especially with winter coming, because that was really the biggest impetus for myself. You know, I don't think I would have stopped partaking in either one of these things if it wasn't for the fact that uh, we're all pretty much stuck inside for the most part anyway. You know, especially with like smoking. I've quit smoking in the past. And as soon as you go out to a party and everyone else is smoking, it's like, oh, well, I guess I can just smoke again. And then I just go out and buy a pack and then I just smoke again. But now you're not around people smoking all the time and shit. So now is the fucking time. Jump on it. Same with drugs. Like, you're everyone's useless anyway inside. Just quit drugs and watch movies for like a week. You're, you got this. You got this. But hey, if you're still doing drugs, too still do them i'm not I, I haven't completed my transformation to joe rogan yet so um i'm all about drugs i love drugs and i definitely will do drugs until i die i think hopefully uh i'll probably do speed again i'm just being realistic but not for now not for now okay we're in a pandemic i don't want to die i'm getting my life back in order speed can wait speed's not going anywhere i'll see you again speed one day and if i don't then i don't but it makes me feel better trying to quit. Sorry, I'm just ranting. I don't care. This <laughs> this is the kind of attitude I have to adopt whenever I quit anything. I have to act casual about it. If I tell myself, you can't have that, then I want it so bad. Even with like a thing like dieting, you know, you try not to eat cookies for the week or candy. or like, can't have candy, can't have cookies, can't have candy, can't have... You go out and you buy huge bags of them because you're just like, oh, I need it. If you just tell yourself... Yeah, I could have speed if I want. I could have a cigarette if I want. I'm just going to try to not and see what happens. I could have you later. You're not going anywhere. It's so much easier. You don't have this like constant like. <laughs> Seriously. 
seriously that's that's the attitude you gotta have and i'm somebody who i don't even think i could uh i could ever foster a healthy relationship with smoking or with speed you know i know this i don't think i could be someone who just casually smokes or casually takes speed i'm all or nothing and even i am telling myself yeah maybe once again one day but i just know i can't have any right now if i don't want to (laughs) If I want to quit. Oh, I'm not making sense. I'm Joe Rogan. I'm Joe Rogan, okay? Soon, next time you see me, I'll be like, guys, I was just in a sensory deprivation take for two years. Let me tell you what I learned. (laughs) Well, I have to say, too, part of what is inspiring this attitude within me is it's not even about health. I mean, of course, it's about health on a certain level. We're talking about my body or whatever. But it's really so much about this idea of dependence. And I think that the quarantine made me think about it because I don't have health insurance. I live in the United States of Triple K America. If something happens to me, like I could fucking die, you know. So I'm like, dude, like. And then beyond this, it's like, well, I, I was spending so much money on like speed just to accomplish the most basic tasks, like doing the fucking dishes. The fact that I couldn't do the dishes without like being wired, that's a fucking problem. I don't want to be dependent on anything. I want to get to the point when I've completed my Joe Rogan transformation. I want to just be drinking fucking water and eating fucking mustard seeds or whatever the hell. <laughs> like, I don't want. I would ideally my my ideal final form would be someone that doesn't need anything to accomplish anything at least as far as like putting things into my body goes just because of utility it's such a chore to smoke it's such a chore to get your drugs everything's such a chore i'm tired of doing fucking chores it's annoying oh i gotta get up and take this thing i gotta take that thing i don't want to I don't want to. I just want to drink water and live. That's it. So caffeine is next on my hit list. And then I'll be really approaching critical Joe Rogan levels. So watch out. Watch the fuck out. I want to get built too. Like, well, not built. I want to be skinny ripped. I want to be Jillian Michaels in the ripped DVD. She's so hot in that DVD. I mean, she's always hot, but I just, her body. And we're the same height. That's what I want. I am going to be Jillian Michaels meets Joe Rogan meets Sarah Connor. That's it. I'm done. (sighs) Anyway, one more time for all the people who just got here. This podcast is going behind my Patreon paywall. It's only $1. So if you want to continue hearing me rant, I would I think I'll probably do it like I've been doing once a week, but it will be even more casual than this if you can imagine. Uh maybe we could have more of those phone conversations. Also, I won't feel self-conscious about not going over an hour whenever we do these conversations. I never want to go over an hour, but in there, we can talk for fucking 10 hours. It doesn't matter. It'll just be more casual. And then if I feel I have a product to give back to the public, I'll come back out and give it. But I will be working on the Phenomenology Club narrative series as well. And the Patreon, your patronage will be uh, uh, helping me accomplish that. It's only $1.00. And leave a comment if you don't have a dollar, don't have a credit card. Leave a comment on this video on YouTube or tweet me on the Phenomenology Club Twitter. I will find a way to communicate with you 
and I will get you into the Discord so you can get links to these discussions because I don't give one single flying motherfuck about money. So now that I've made all these announcements, talked about what I'll be doing, talked about my transformation into Joe Rogan, let's talk about the topic at hand, which is animals be thinking. Let's talk about animals thinking. Actually, wait. Let me look at the chat real quick and make sure nobody had anything uh, to say before we get into that. Anything. Uh, someone asked if we'll read fiction in the book club series. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, you nerd. Go do it somewhere else. Oh, you know what we've been doing a lot in the Discord? We have been playing Among Us. I'm. They got me to play a game, which is also out of character for me. I don't play a lot of games. I've been. I played that game Limbo because someone told me to get it. Loved Limbo. Went ham for like two days and know that I cannot do that again. I'm addicted to games. They got me addicted to Among Us, and now we've been playing like crazy in the Discord. Probably will play tonight before our Hellraiser sequel viewing. Love Among Us. So if you want to play Among Us with me, get into the Discord because I cannot stop. And I suck at being the imposter and it's annoying. I like can't fucking get away with it. I finally got away with a kill. I got pretty far. One kill though. Like everyone else is in there killing everybody. So stealthily. I've been trying to like, you know, pull off complex moves. Like, okay, I'll kill you then jump in the vent. But like I always get caught going into the vent. Something. It's difficult. God damn it, it's difficult being a gamer. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'll, I'll go find... I'm gonna go find what supplement is good to improve gaming. <laughs> Do any of you know? It's probably like sunflower... Uh, sunflower extract. Greatly improves gaming. Anyway, what was I gonna say? Um, we're not gonna read fiction. Sorry, Jenny. But we are gonna play Among Us. <laughs> Come play Among Us. Uh, reading comments. Uh, <laughs> Amelia, the fact you went from doing Adderall to feeling lavender smoke is such character development. Really is, right? And it's only been a few months, which I think it's really making me meditate on the strength of the human body. The human body is amazing. The way it repairs itself, the way it adjusts to its surroundings. I would never have felt lavender smoke a few months ago. I couldn't feel my fucking hand slapping my own fucking face. Now it's like I'm getting high off of like random fucking plants I've never heard of that I got from the hippie store. Like Joe Rogan. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, animals. What they be thinking about. Animals be thinking. I was trying to think of a topic. What should we talk about um, today? for this last public podcast before we go behind the paywall for a bit and I was thinking well what have I been thinking about most recently and what I've been thinking about most recently is non-human animals our animal friends um I have some ideas here that I've talked about many times on this channel and I'll probably reiterate a few of them um but this topic comes up pretty often recently in my own life. I don't know why. It's just where the conversations have gone recently. And I'm somebody who finds myself getting offended often 
on behalf of our non-human animal friends, maybe more and more as time goes on. Like, there is some commercial that I keep running into on the internet, even though I have ad blocker, but this commercial is so annoying, it gets through anyway. I think it's like a Geico insurance commercial or something, and it's something about, like, money or whatever. And it's like, oh... I forget what it is, but it's like, does the animal understand or does the animal pay its bill? Of course not, because it's an animal. Animals have no concept of money. You're not an animal. And it's like, wait a second, Geico. I'm pretty sure it's you, Geico. Hold the fucking phone. First of all, I'm not an animal. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm pretty sure it's Geico, actually. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Um... Human concept money Geico commercial. <laughs> if Google shows me this, I'll be very pleased. Come on, Google. Nah, my computer's being slow. We'll see if we can find it. Um, or if anyone else can find it for me, send a link because I will play it th for everyone to listen to. It's very offensive to me. Um... Oh, Maxwell said, okay, I started the video from the beginning to catch up, and I'm actually so glad with the choice. I recently joined the Patreon because I feel like I wanted to go deeper than the podcast as a viewer. That's great, Maxwell. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, I think we can do more private things as well. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have less of a filter, if you could believe. I do have a little filter on when I do these podcasts. I, I have no filter in the Discord, pretty much. Maybe a little filter. But in the Patreon, I will be less filtered. We could just go on forever. We could talk on the phone, on the chat, on the Google Voice. We could, we'll get personal in there. Maybe do some video things. So, glad. I'm glad that you're glad. It's only $1. Patreon.com slash Phenomenology Club. Anyway, this Geico commercial is so offensive. It's like, you're not an animal. Animals have no concept of money. Like, it's being so fucking rude to them. But also, it's like, I'm not an animal? What are you talking about? A lot of the times when people say the word animal, you know, they mean non-human animals, right? I feel like this is degrading in and of itself. This distinction of us as intrinsically set apart from every other species. But, I mean, who cares, right, about the degradation? Like, whether or not it's degrading, ethical, whatever... That can be, you can make the argument any which way, and ultimately I think maybe, sure, you could argue that it's kind of inconsequential, but what I think bothers me about this kind of language where we have animals describing, animals the word as an umbrella term, describing every species of living organism that is not us, pretty much, uh, I feel like it is irrational it sort of leaves us the perceptive thinker with this idea that they all resemble each other in some way right but they don't resemble us but is this accurate at all i would say no what would be the justification for grouping every species of animal except us under this umbrella descriptor term animals and we are humans. What is the utility of that? I will say, I think that there is one obvious utility, right? The obvious utility is that we speak with language to each other. We exist in human civilization with each other. We participate in activities with each other that we don't participate in with the other animals, right? That's obvious. 
But I feel like when we're constantly referring to them as something else and this word that puts them all together in a way that implies to us they all resemble each other, we start to feel as if they actually do resemble each other and they don't resemble us. And I think that that's a logical fallacy, you know. There's absolutely no reason to believe that we are of some different quality than all of them. And this is why we end up with commercials like the Geico commercial that says, you're not an animal. If you actually, and it makes sense to most people, you know, but if you actually sat and thought about it, it's like, well, yeah, I am. And I'm sure that whoever wrote the Geico commercial would be like, yeah, yeah, we're all animals, but you get it. You know what I'm saying? And I do get what you're saying, but I am offended (laughs) with what you're saying. First of all, I'm offended that you think I'm not an animal because I am proudly an animal, motherfucker. I am a human animal and I'm very, very proud of that fact. So don't deny me. My animalistic identity, okay? First of all. Second of all, I'm offended on behalf of the non-human animals who are my animal peers, my animal brothers and sisters and everything else. I'm offended on their behalf because why are you excluding them from us? Why are you creating this degree of separation that doesn't necessarily need to exist, you know? And I was thinking about this today, like, I genuinely believe... In the future, it is very possible. I don't. I won't say what I think is probable because who knows? We could go any which way, and I don't think that history is on some sort of linear trajectory or progress. We are not getting more progressive. I personally think that we are regressing, but we've been regressing since like the ancient times. Honestly, <laughs> I genuinely believe this. Not greatly. I think we've slid down. Like ancient civilization was kind of our peak, and ever since then, we've just been like the being stupid all we've advanced is technology and arguably philosophy not that we do anything with philosophy though so it doesn't fucking matter but i was thinking about this today i'm like dude i think in the future it's very probable that people will absolutely see us as uh primitive and loot and as uh having depraved morals the fact that we even own animals as pets as property you know i genuinely think that this could become the reality because it's it's a pretty fucked up relationship when you think about it right like what we take animals from the wild and put them into our fucking house for what to serve some sort of like narcissistic agenda right All of our relationships with other animals are predicated on this sort of relationship where it's like, well, what can you do for me? And if you can't do anything for me, stay the fuck away from me. Or if you can't do anything for me, I'm going to eat you, which is doing something for me. You're providing nutrition to me or something. And I'm a meat eater, an avid meat eater, actually. But I personally believe that... uh, I don't think that we should be killing and eating animals, personally. I don't. (laughs) Because I think that this activity is actually harmful for the human psyche, you know? Like, have you seen some of these slaughterhouse videos these fucking vegans pass around? This shit is fucked up. 
I think that you, if you're not a sociopath already, will become a sociopath if an animal is literally crying in front of you, screaming and crying, with fucking animal parts strewn everywhere like it's fucking Hellraiser. Blood is just dripping from the fucking walls like The Shining. This animal is running away from you, crying with its dead family members chopped up everywhere in front of it. Just like totally pissing itself from fear and you have to follow it and hit it on the fucking head with a hammer. Like, if you're not a sociopath already, you will quickly become one from a few days working in the slaughterhouse, right? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. I could not. I could not. I would cry. Like, God. I would let, I would be out there like letting them go and shit and I eat meat, you know? But, like, entering into these all, all of these various sorts of relationships, whether it's the consumption of meat, the ownership of them, the putting of them into zoos, it's like we, I think, and this is an argument that I don't really see raised by uh, all the animal rights activist peoples, I think that we are entering into a relationship that whether or not it's harmful to animals, non-human animals themselves, I think is ultimately kind of, not inconsequential, but you could put it on the burnt on the side table for a second to think instead about how are these relationships harming us, you know? Because I believe that morality as a human construct and ethics as a human construct will naturally center humans, right? So we are the priority. I make no mistake about that. Humans are the center of the human moral universe and humans are the center of the ethical human universe. And so, of course, I will always prioritize the life of my fellow human animals over the life's lives of non-human animals. Absolutely, that is true. But I think that arguably we are damaging our own human psychology by entering into these irrational relationships with non-human animals where by no existent virtue just some sort of justification that we all allude to but doesn't even exist and cannot be articulated because it doesn't exist we act as if there is some sort of natural justification for these fucked up power relationships that we create and subject our non-human animal peers to i think that fucks you up you know i think that for one it sets a stage where we prioritize humans in the natural world more than the rest of the natural world. And that's how we've come into situations like the one we're in now with climate change, you know. We just totally, like, don't give a shit about our surroundings. We fucking lit our, we fucking, we just fucking treat the world like trash because humans above all else, right? I think humans should be above all else in the moral sphere of things, but we are a part of the natural order too, right? So it's like, dude, what are we doing? By fucking up the world, we are fucking ourselves. I think we can see that a similar thing may be true with our animal relationships, you know? And also, if you're entering into any relationship with an animal that is irrational then you're arguably doing damage to yourself because it's like i don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with like i have a pet bunny steven steven i love you he's in the other room sitting under the bureau steven if i had not purchased him from the pet store where he was in isolation for being a bad bunny by the way so he's a rescue a rescue bunny 
what's the he's a juve, he was a juvenile delinquent i rescued him from pet juvie if i didn't do that some other asshole would have got him and maybe they would have treated him terribly maybe they would have made him live in a cage he doesn't live in a cage here he's a free roam bunny he goes wherever the fuck he wants he has food and water every day all day he's very well taken care of you know at the same time it's like i feel i don't feel like he should be thankful he should be thankful in the context of uh, me not letting somebody else purchase him. Maybe some sort of toddler that's going to squeeze him and make him live in a fucking cage for his whole life. Maybe not feed him. Maybe abuse him. Yeah, he could be thankful in that context. But he should never be made to feel like he should have to be thankful when it's like he shouldn't have been in a pet store in the fucking first place. And me supporting this industry, buying a pet, I feel like I'm kind of complicit in that reality. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to behold. I personally don't think I'm going to get a pet again, honestly. And that pains me to say because I fucking love bunnies. And I really wanted to get some rats maybe because I want to build them mazes and shit. But I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. But to get back onto topic... Well, I don't even know if I've been on top topic at all because this is about animals be thinking because this probably is one of the number one justifications that we always see people are always saying even the most woke progressive of us even vegetarians and vegans and shit something that I am not. And they tend to be avid pet owners so I find this interesting. But vegetarians and vegans even will say things like you know animals don't think the way we do they are not conscious of their own existence i would love to find out who said this first because i hear it repeated over and over again that non-human animals are not conscious of their own existence where did this come from and second of all what the fuck does this mean whenever somebody says this to me i say okay well what do you mean conscious of your own existence what does that mean tell me what this means can any of you do any of you in the chat believe this that the difference in thinking between human animals and non-human animals is the fact that human beings are presumably quote-unquote i mean quote-unquote sorry presumably uh Conscious of their own existence, quote unquote. Do you believe that this is true? And if so, can you tell me what being conscious of your own existence means? Put that into words. Rephrase that. Tell me. I want to know. I'll give a few seconds. I'll sing the Jeopardy theme song. Let the iris consume you. I don't even know if I'm conscious right now. <laughs> Facts, yo. What is consciousness? We're not going to go there. We'll go there uh, behind the Patreon paywall. Um, 
So, so the only person who seemed to give me some sort of an answer it was Alexander is you said I think they mean self-awareness okay but what is self-awareness what's that hmm what does self-awareness mean? This is what I'm saying. Whenever you get into these conversations, nobody can even define the terms they're working with. They just rephrase it. But the thing that they're rephrasing is just this abstract, nonsensical concept that I don't even know what the fuck they're saying. What is being self-aware? And people act as if that, as if this is some sort of physiological difference between human animals and non-human animals. As if our consciousness is of some uh, different quality, you know. But um, but then they always talk about the self-awareness thing. Being conscious of your own existence. And you then I asked them, I said, well, what about humans who did not possess language? What about the humans, pre-language humans? Did they possess self-awareness? What is possessing self-awareness? Self-awareness and it, it self-awareness and being conscious of your own existence these are concepts right concepts like this complex concepts like this only exist with words right you can say yeah but i sort of have this like feeling and words only partially describe this feeling or whatever that's great but what you're describing is basically an almost academic concept that doesn't exist in the real world what is self-awareness there's no such fucking thing really it's a way we describe our feeling of being autonomous but it's really a way we describe this sort of academic mumbo jumbo we go over in our head thinking about why am i here what is here what is this how did i get here what am i what is my purpose this is what they're saying human non-human animals rather don't possess this endless questioning about myself who am i my spirit where am i going do i live after this yada yada this is what they're saying animals don't do non-human animals and it's true that non-human animals do not do this and the reason non-human animals don't do this and i've spoken about this many times is obviously because they don't possess complex language right what the fuck else would it be listen if there is something else then yes of course we could talk about it but but no one ever talks about the fact that language is the obvious thing. If It's the fucking elephant in the room. We're going to have to talk about the elephant in the room before we talk about whether or not the room really uh, has no wind in it. Maybe the fact that there's a giant fucking being standing in there has something to do with the lack of airflow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this, is, this is the role of language in the, in the conversation about self-awareness and thinking about your own existence, you know? And this is part of why I'm always going on and on about language because language is overlooked in all of these discussions that we have about everything this one not the least of them you know this conversation should be totally revolving around language animals don't possess a character set with which to build an alphabet with which to build a complex language before we possess these things we were practically indistinguishable from the other animals we were just fucking naked well we had clothes but other animals make clothes too we were not doing shit much different than they were doing until we developed a complex 
language for ourselves with which we could pass down information. And this is the primary evolutionary advantage of complex language, right? Because of course other animals possess a semblance of language just like we did before we actually had verbal standardized language. We could uh, we could communicate like grunts and, you know, I, I can make another human understand that I'm trying to uh, show excitement, happiness when I emote and make noises and clap or whatever the hell I do. They can get an idea of what I'm trying to communicate. But without an actual written language and alphabet words that have standardized meanings, I can't really communicate anything further and because of this I can't really build a complex civilization or anything I can't even do a thing like explain to other humans how fireworks you know the fact that we didn't have a complex language at the advent of fire <laughs> well this is this is maybe not a fact I shouldn't say this but this is why there's stories about you know like quest for fire where cavemen had to uh chase other cavemen for fire because even if somebody figures out fire without a complex language to tell all the other humans look this is how fire was created. This is how you recreate it. I don't know what it is, but this is what you got to do. Rub two stones together or something. You could show it to other humans and they might get it, but it's so much more difficult without a language. You have to express to them, okay, if you figure out that uh, fire cooks meat, for example, that's so arduous to explain this to someone else. Even if you show it to someone else, they might not really grasp the concept or use it in the same way as you, you know. If your tribe happens to be annihilated by a pack of saber-toothed tigers, say goodbye to all of that learning as well. You could pass things on visually and showing them and shit. But until you can actually write stuff down so that someone else can find it on the fucking cave wall and be like, oh, okay, this and that, then you can't communicate anything. You're basically indistinguishable from all the non-human animals language is the one thing that so clearly separates us from the other species and then beyond this it's like well we also a lot of people will also say like well you know that's partially because we possess greater intelligence or something and then you get into the idea of like well of course humans possess the most intelligence because the very concept of intelligence centers the human perspective, you know. We created the concept intelligence to describe humans' capacity for thought, you know. But not only is there likely all different types of intelligences that we could never grasp, think about a thing like camouflage. Camouflage is a thing that is being investigated by uh, biologists, other sorts of evolutionary scientists. I don't fucking know shit about natural science. But um, there's been studies that have come out that suggest that camouflage is a conscious process that requires conscious intention. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around what kind of intelligence is happening in making my skin appear to another animal from a certain vantage point look a certain color or mimic the texture of the ground beneath me imagine if this is true and it's being suggested that this is true that camouflage requires conscious intention i can't even wrap my mind around that for one fucking millisecond can you try to think about what that feels like 
camouflage feels like something and making yourself be camouflage, I can't even go there. Imagine if an animal that can camouflage itself develops an alphabet and complex language. How do we know that even based on human parameters of intelligence that they won't blow us the fuck out the water? Imagine if cuttlefish and octopus develop an alphabet system and learn complex language. Not learn, create a complex language that we can't comprehend. It's arguable that they could fucking destroy us. What if the what if the oceans rise up a fucking against us? You don't know what could happen, okay? Shit. Shit. They'll weaponize the insects. Imagine if the sea creatures could weaponize the insects against the humans. We'd be done. 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 Insects, if if anyone <laughs> If another species ever learns how to weaponize insects against humans, we're done. Insects could take us out like nothing. Nothing! They could take us out overnight! Gone. Just a swarm. Gone. 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 Shut up, Dylan. Anyway. 47 minutes. Okay, I'm gonna keep ranting a little bit longer. Um, any thoughts? Any thoughts? I have some more thoughts because this is what I want to say to you. What I want to say. Um, anybody who's not convinced that animals don't think in concepts and we do or something. First of all, you have to present a good reason why. But I, like I saw someone saying earlier in the chat, you know, the fact that an animal can perceive a threat and run in the opposite direction should be all the proof you need that animals too think in concepts because all concepts are not articulated with language right we were talking about self-awareness being conscious of your own existence it's true that these kinds of concepts only exist because of complex language but a concept really in its most basic form is just a category of thought for something so for example food is a concept food is a thing in actuality of course but food as I say it and what we all think about when I say it it's also a concept I have a concept of food in my head and I had a concept of food in my head even as a baby before I could speak the English language right I knew what food was sort of not really but i knew i desired it especially when i received it because i'm like okay this rules i'm sucking on the teat whatever i have some sort of concept of food no matter how warped abstract and incoherent it was there was a concept of food i was grasping this is also true of animals you know steven for example Steven has a food bowl. He knows that inside the food bowl is food. His concept of food. And this is why he can retreat to a corner of the room, take a nap, chill, which he has a concept of doing as well, lying down. He can decide to lie down. I want to lay down now. Lay down. He then can decide to get up. Another concept. Decide to walk. Another concept. Over to the food bowl. Where he knows the food is because he has a concept of food and of eating. Stick his head in it and eat. All of these things require concepts. If animals had no concepts, they would be in a state of constant bewilderment. They would have no, no way to navigate the world. You see animals 
going about their daily activities doing this or that of course they have concepts of course they're thinking if an animal can walk and stop walking it's thinking (laughs) you know like hello I don't even get this argument I see a lot of people say well they're just operating out of instinct what the fuck does that mean what does that mean seriously what does that mean and aren't we doing the same thing then like what are you saying nobody ever thinks about what they're saying but they're always saying so much think about what the fuck you're saying animals just operate out of instinct what's that do I operate out of instinct what are you saying God, I'm sick of the disrespect. And I'm not even a fucking vegetarian. I'm sick of it. Stop talking about them like they're so fucking stupid. They're not. They're so fucking smart. So smart. You better show some goddamn fucking respect and also some camaraderie because the more you love them, the more you should also love yourself, you know. The more I study animal behavior, too. Not study it. (laughs) Let me not flatter myself. The more I observe animal behavior, the more I also feel like I come to have interesting insights or insightful questions, at least, into human uh, behaviors as well. Something I've been thinking about a lot is like, you know, you can observe animals operating in ways that I'm sure they're not entirely cognizant of because you might have a broader perspective. Like, for example, Stephen has different behaviors depending on the season. Like, he will be, uh, he will get fatter in the winter. You know, because bunnies hibernate, I think. Kind of. Everyone gets fatter in the winter, especially him. He's like a Netherlands dwarf. So he's from Holland or some shit. It gets cold over there. He gets fatter in the winter. He spends more time, uh, out in the fucking sun he doesn't like the sun (laughs) he's crepuscular i think is the word he comes out at dawn and dusk um shit like this things that i'm sure feel really good to him but he doesn't necessarily think about it like oh the sun's here but he might I, i i don't know that's not a good example the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree is a great example. Whenever we get a Christmas tree, we've gotten one the past few years. Steven comes out and just fucking loves the Christmas tree. And I know that Steven does not have a concept of human Christmas, the holiday. So he's not just like jamming out on Christmas. He's not like, yo, I fucking love Christmas. This is my favorite holiday. He loves this fucking pine tree. And I assume, and it's not every year. It's been like two years that he just goes nuts over the fucking tree. He just comes out sniffing on it, laying down, like flopping over. He doesn't really flop over a ton, but he just flops so hard under the tree. He loves it. And I think it has something to do with probably the fact that, um, you know, being from the Netherlands, there's a lot of pine trees over there. Probably is something about the pine that just inextricably makes him feel so fucking hyped and good. But I'm sure, you know, he has no concept of this necessarily. It makes me think about what kinds of these things exist for humans too, you know. Because we probably wouldn't necessarily notice a lot of them. Like, is there some sort of a plant or something that just makes us so fucking, like, amped and happy? Maybe depending on where you're from in the world, where your uh, human genes were cultivated. I think I've observed one human behavior that I think is likely instinctual uh, that nobody ever talks about. I personally think, this is my theory, are you ready for my theory? 
this is Nobel Prize winning stuff right here. Write the paper. I don't care because I'll never write it because I'm stupid and I don't know shit about science. My theory is that the human burial of the dead is an animal instinct. And it's something that I think we do and have explained away with human culture. Because when you think about burying the dead, when you talk to... Uh, other people about it they go into superstition human culture oh we bury the dead because of respect this or that I think it's like a very animalistic instinct it probably has to something to do with the fact that you know human bodies rot they're unsanitary I think to have around they're scary of course but they're not scary I think just for uh rational reasons I think that there's actually evidence that even Neanderthals buried their dead. And they weren't talking about this shit. They didn't have fucking Catholicism or concepts of ghosts necessarily. I'm sure a few did, but as a culture. So I think that burying the dead, this is my theory. Burying the dead is an observable animal instinct in humans. This is something that I think we sort of do almost instinctively. And we explain it away with cultural practice and ritual. But I think that it's very animal of us. What do you think? Robotroan says it's like cats burying their poop. Yeah, exactly. I think it's something like that, you know. Like, we can't really explain it. But then we explain it away. And we'll have a whole History Channel documentary about burying the dead. And Constantinople said this. And then everyone buried the dead more and yada yada. But it's like, no. I think it's some animalistic shit. It feels good to bury the dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't want to look at that. It's scary to look at. Um, it's also maybe unsanitary. And maybe it plays into the natural order somehow. This serves some sort of a purpose. Also having to do with fertilizing. Because this is fertilizing the ground. Because we talk about other animals in this way. It's it's hard to the it's hard to have proper language around these sorts of uh conversations because it almost implies that there's like a purpose to a thing like burying the dead if it fertilizes the ground like we're unaware that it fertilizes the ground but it does things like this like it's hard to have the proper language here because concepts of purpose get tricky and weird really fast and all this but you know what i'm saying i'm speaking casually to you guys because i trust you uh, we speak about animals this way, like, oh, uh, the animal buries this because it actually fertilizes the ground, which makes the plants grow, blah, 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 blah. It could be something very similar happening with humans, but we would never describe it that way because we're so fucking narcissistic and full of our own shit that we have to be like, it's a rational thing. It's because of this culture and superstitions and we thought about it. It's a conscious decision, okay? We're not animals. God, it's more rational, my brothers and my sisters, to be open-minded here. And this is how I feel about just about everything, you know. And this is, this is ultimately my interest. I'm not simply trying to think this way in the interest of being respectful to the other animals. Even though, of course, I wish to be respectful to them, but I wish to be respectful to them, not because of any sort of rationalization, but because I genuinely feel in all of them. I feel like they're my fucking peers. I'm St. Francis of Assisi over here. I fucking, I feel like I'm the same thing as them, you know? Of course, I'm separate. It's like we're all different football teams or something. I'm going to root for my team above all else, of course, but I have no desire to be disrespectful 
to wish harm on them or really even to eat them, you know. I mean, I do out of convenience at this point, but shit. I think that eventually, assuming, of course, we move in this direction because we can move in any direction. But it is uh, there's a very strong probability, in my opinion, that society itself will just go fucking vegan for these kinds of reasons. Also, not to mention zoonotic plagues. I mean, every time we have a new... We have like an extinction level event type plague. It's always because of some animal shit. I think we should stay away from animals. All of them. <laughs> like there's practical reasons for why we should uh, make some more distance between us and the other animals. Personally, that's what I think. <clears throat> you love my philosophy, dude voice? Thank you. Alright guys, well it's been an hour. I'm gonna get out of here. I hope that I've given you some things to think about. I love this topic. It's so fun. And I've just been thinking about it so much. And really, I think that thinking about this topic kind of was almost the impetus for me to think about a lot of other things thinking about this topic was honestly the thing that helped me really grasp phenomenology itself as a concept you know um and I feel like thinking about this topic has really shaped a lot of my other most personally held beliefs in my own worldview. Um, because when you interrogate this kind of a thing, th your own thoughts about consciousness, language, all these things, they, they, they greatly inform, I think, so many of our other concepts that we have about how we feel about the world and being in it and philosophy, period, and how it should be approached. Because, you know, philosophy requires a lot of decision making. We're not finding truths. We are creating truths, okay? We are the truth fucking makers. It is up to us to create the best language, the best philosophy. Ultimately, uh, there is there's no structure to find. There's only structure to create. So we must be thinking about all these things. Um... Like I said, I'm going to start doing uh, content behind the Patreon paywall that will be even more casual than this. For now, I'm going to be taking a little break from these public podcasts, though I will post some stuff. Um, but I will be going behind the Patreon paywall. Go to patreon.com slash phenomenology club. Also, all this content will be on our website, phenomenology.club. Um... Yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, it's www.phenomenology.club. And yeah, I will be working on art. I have been getting excited. I think I've been kind of preparing. Maybe this is my animal instinct. Uh, why I'm slowly transforming into Joe Rogan, I think. I do feel as if I'm trying to become more hi hibernatorial. I'm trying to hibernate soon with winter coming. I want to be ready to fucking go in i want to work on this narrative series i've been dying to work on some film content some visual content i think that the phenomenology club narrative series is a great thing to uh check off the checklist so i'm gonna get back to work on that it's really not even that long uh i'm really excited i have like the whole story written out i think you guys will really like it uh shit getting back to work on some music and shit becoming shredded it's just i don't know shit i don't know i'm joe rogan bitch that's it 
Please give me a thumbs up. Please come into the Discord and play Among Us with me. I don't know what else to say. I hope you have a great day. I hope you're being safe. Hope uh, if you're taking supplements, you're looking them up on PubMed. Hope you're washing your hands. Give me a thumbs up because I love you. And yeah, shit, come into the Patreon and the Discord. I'll be there. And I'll po I'll be posting uh, stuff on the Twitter as well. And Twitter is a great place. On the Phenomenology Club Twitter, it's a great place to uh, contact me if you need me. And the Patreon, all this, all this, all this, all this. The Discord is linked uh, via the Patreon. Let the iris consume me. If you want to come into the Discord, you go onto the Patreon. You pay $1. Literally, it's only $1. And, um... That's how you get linked. Oh, we also have a public Discord. Uh, so you can always contact me in there as well if you're trying to find the private Discord. The public Discord is linked on our website, www.phenomenology.club. The private Discord is where we have voice chats, where we play Among Us, where we watch Hellraiser movies. <laughs> we're, we're having a Hellraiser 10-week series. We're watching Hellraiser 2 tonight. If you want to watch Hellraiser 2 tonight with us, Get the fuck in here. Let's go. And then three next week, four the following week, etc., etc., etc. Uh, shit. I don't know. Book Club will be resuming. Our American Reading series will be resuming. We have, look, I have so much. I think, uh, you know, not being on speed, being a little slower, too, is making me realize, like, bitch, I start so much. It's time to, uh, it's time to close some doors and just work on refining uh, other things I've started instead of just, you know, half-assing a million things at once. I want to refine a few things at once. I think that would be, that would be really good. That's what Joe Rogan would do, so. Love you all. Thanks for being with me as always. I'm feeling emotional thinking about my human peers and my non-human animal peers. And I'm just so grateful to spend time with all of you. This is Buttress, signing off. Goodbye.